Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the From the Stands podcast. My name is Sean, joined as always by my brother, Ian. Ian, another week, more football. little basketball at the end, but we got Murph. Murph, what's going on, buddy? Hey, how we doing? Ian, how we doing, buddy? I'm happy to talk football. I love football. I know you love football. And before we get to the pros... What a wild week in college last week. I, I have not watched that much college football in a long time. You and I were together, Ian, set up. We watched the, oh, my God, now I get old Miss played Arkansas. That was crazy. And then there was the absolutely wild game. Who was it again? Texas, Oklahoma. Thank you. Texas, the Red River rivalry. Yes, Texas, Oklahoma. Connor, give us the quick and dirty about what is going on in college football right now and what we should be looking forward to the rest of the way. Can I first say I feel very – I feel validated with how this whole Spencer Rattler thing's played out. And, look, I, I, it started because I just didn't like the way that the guy carried himself on the QB1 show on Netflix. I thought he came off as a jerk. So it made it kind of easy to root against him, even though I really shouldn't be rooting against kids probably. But watching him go out there and play that poorly – Man, like the guy's got a billion dollar arm and a 10 cent brain and watching his draft stock just plummet. Like I feel a little bad for the kid, but that he's got to transfer. He's, he's got to figure something else out because I, I don't know how he gets his job back after they pulled that comeback win out of their asses last week. That was insane. That Oklahoma, uh, that Oklahoma ahead, quarterback sorry. was electric. He was electric. That was insane. And he never threw a single ball with his feet planted. It was like he jump tosses. Every single time. Going it was Kyler-esque. It was wild. It, it's crazy. And there, there's been a year and a half of this Spencer Rattler stalling drives, getting benched, getting put back in stuff that Oklahoma fans, I think, are just straight up fed up with at this point. So actually seeing them like be able to move the ball with all that blue chip talent on their team was actually really nice to see because we haven't seen that in a year and a half. It's, it's, it was actually awesome to watch. Um, actually really excited about Kentucky, Georgia this week. I think it's going to be fun. Georgia really should still stomp them. I mean, this is one of the best defenses I've ever seen in college football. Uh, if Kentucky scores 21 points, that, that alone is a win for them. They're not going to win the game with 21, but if they somehow find a way to get to 21 points, that'd be a godsend for them. Uh, down goes Bama. Down goes Bama. Dude, freaking down goes Bama. This the, this Texas A&M team reminds me a lot of the Florida State team in 2011 where Jimbo had all that blue chip talent. They got off to a terrible start. It's crazy. Time's a flat circle, man. <laughs> Ian, who, who do you think the best team in the country is outside of Georgia? Outside of Georgia? I mean, Georgia's very clearly the best team in the country. I mean, but that's the thing, though, right? That's the thing about college football. We say, you know, Alabama's – undisputed the best team in the country, and then all it takes is one. So I think just watching how this plays out from a playoff standpoint is going to be super interesting, right? I mean, I think because Alabama's Alabama, they're going to be able to sort of hold on to – they're going to be able to hold on to like that sort of fourth playoff spot, provided they handle the rest of their business, win the SEC championship game and everything else. You know, I, I think trying to find a way now to, to, to pick the other conferences that are going to represent because the SEC will have two, particularly with Georgia and Alabama. I still think Alabama can get there. Um, then if Oklahoma can continue, you have to think it's Oklahoma. And with, you know, this with the ACC where it is, you have to think they're probably out. 
Yeah, you know, someone sure. like Notre Dame didn't make a push. They're probably out. So, you know, unless we're sort of getting somebody from another conference, you have to think it's going to be one of those Big Ten teams, right? So, you know, can can Michigan beat Ohio State and then win the Big Ten title game, right? If they can do those two things, they're absolutely in. Um, can, can, can Iowa or, or, or Penn State or one of those teams come on? And look, like as much as we laughed at, at Ohio State when they lost to, to Oregon, you know, they're not out of it. No, Man. they're not. They I'm are not out of it right now. Yes, they are not out of it. And, you know, this kid that they have at quarterback, he's he's Stroud, right? CJ Stroud. He's yep. he's getting his legs, right? Yep. He's starting to feel it a little bit. And, you know, after Oregon lost, I mean, we like to Josh on Oregon because, you know, you live in Oregon. I used to live there. But, you know, they did it. They do the thing that Oregon always does. Look like a powerhouse, have the best player in the country, and then they lose to some shit team, some shit Pac-12 team, and then it all sort of crumbles down. So so I, I think we can rule the Pac-12 out. So basically what I'm drawing out and saying is that it has to come from the Big Ten, mm-hmm. right? It just has to. Well, and Cincinnati's so, chilling. They're doing their that's thing That's another one. Yeah, but, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. But I, I, I think it's traditionally, though, it's tough to come from those types of conferences and, and, and make it in and make their headway. So yes, I, I agree. Cincinnati is absolutely the wild card. I think if they run the table and everything else, they absolutely need to be considered. Great call. So, so Connor, before we move on to the, to the professional league, who, who are you picking? Because you, you're going to mostly, you're probably going to have Alabama, Georgia, SEC title game. That's still up in the air. That's still a possibility. One of these four Big Ten guys has to go down. Iowa on one side, and then Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan on the other. Michigan State's also six and zero, so that's another one. I don't. Who do we like? Who who are going to be the schedule? I don't think Michigan State's had the schedule, and I think the concern would be is that like if you're Michigan, (laughs) like you're just going to lose to Ohio State. Like it's going to happen. Right. Right. If so there's a year you so, guys are going to beat them, though, it's this year. Like I We really said that before, like, though. We said, said that, that every year. Yeah, JT Barrett, and, remember that that bullshit first down? We've said that before. So I This feels a lot different, though. Like they, they lost so many key pieces on defense. I, I really – this is this is the year I actually am the most confident that if there is a year you're going to beat Ohio State, it's this year. Okay, what's your way too early Final Four? <sighs> way too early Final Four. I guess it's just two early final four at, the, at this point. Okay, Georgia, yeah. Georgia's going to be number one. Cincinnati's going to get in. Oklahoma's going to get in. That fourth spot. It's Big Ten versus Bama. Mm-hmm. Do it. It's going to get in. Well, because I mean, if if you guys run the table in the Big Ten, which is very possible, like I I mm-hmm. cannot stress enough how much I like how this team looks. You're in. You can. Yeah. You're probably in with one loss and a win versus Ohio State. So here's it. By the way, the most magnificent part of Georgia is that they win in spite of their coach, right? I mean, this is a coach. He's an idiot. This is a coach that willingly chose Jake Fromm over Justin Fields, like on purpose. So you know they're winning in spite of their coach. Uh, I, the one thing I would say is that if Michigan does find a way to squeak in, and we're a long way away from that, you know, if we're talking the one four matchup. Georgia is going to absolutely smash them into a million pieces. I'm sorry, that kid McNamara's got no chance 
no chance. No, he has no against chance Georgia. against that defense. Zero. Like, at all. But we making to be, it is a win. What we want it to be a five-minute segment turned into 10. So let's get to the pros. Let's get to the NFL. We're going to start with fantasy because I feel like picks turns into a real deep dive of, of each of, of, let's say, 12 very popular NFL teams for that week. So let's look at a game of real or fake. Connor, Ian and I picked five names that we feel are exceeding expectations this year. A few of them uh, we have spoken about on this podcast before, but we want to know if they are real or fake. Connor, we're going to start with you on the first one. Corderell Patterson, currently running back five. Is he real or fake? For fantasy purposes, man, he's very real because that Falcons team is bad and they have to throw the ball a lot, like a lot, a lot. And it really just is that simple. <laughs> like, that's it. I'll let you guys go now. It's that simple. You're throwing the ball to him way more than you're going to throw it to Davis, way before you're going to throw it to Davis. Real. Because they're bad. <laughs> Here's my only thought. My only concern is that I love Calvin Ridley. I love Calvin Ridley. There's going to come a time where he's going to get it together. And when that time comes, it's not going to be at the expense of Kyle Pitts. It's going to be at the expense of Patterson. So the question is, Ridley didn't get bad overnight, okay? Not that he's been bad, let's say, but he he didn't get wide receiver 35 or whatever he's ranked at overnight. I mean, I'm sorry, this guy's just too good. So between the Matt Ryan regression, it sounds like he had some personal stuff going on. I I, I do have a feeling that he's going to come back. I mean, I think the question of real or fake, is Cordero Patterson a top five running back? Of course not. Of course not. Is he a running back one? In fantasy? No. Right? I mean, to me, like, here's the thing. So then he's fair to you. I think Cordero Patterson is a damn good NFL player. This production, particularly the touchdown production, is going to see regression. It's just math, right? Like, you know, scoring three touchdowns in a game. Like, I'm sorry, those are those are normally Calvin Ridley targets. So is he running back five? No. Is he a fantasy starter moving forward? At least for the foreseeable future? Yes. I would say I would feel very comfortable as Patterson in redraft as a flex, potentially an RB2. The problem is Patterson was drafted almost a decade ago, and it's hard to put all of that away. So I am going to lean fake. But the story is incredible, and I'm rooting for it. So I guess it comes down to what your range is for what's real and what's fake. Because I agree with you, Ian. I think... If you're asking him to be an RB5, he's not going to be that. It's not going to happen. It's just not possible. But I do think, I think it's possible. I just think that it's very improbable. I think that we can agree on that. Because I do think, and actually you made this point, so I'll use your knowledge against you. He is finally being deployed in a fashion that is suitable to his skill set. He is finally being used. He's finally being used in a way that Cordero Patterson can succeed. And I think that we're going to get some touchdown regression. I would agree with that. I don't think we're going to get yards regression, though, because a lot of his damage is coming out of the backfield. So I don't think he's taking away from Pitts or Ridley. He's taking away from Mike Davis. 
He's taking away from Wayne Goleman, who I still thought was on the Giants until two weeks ago. So that's who I think he's taking away from. And listen, and we're not talking about Matt Ryan. You know, he's not Matty Ice anymore. He's checked down Matty now, right? So I, what I would say is I think that he's real, as in if you look at him from where he started to where he is now, he to your point, Ian, he needs to be in the lineup somewhere. He needs to be in your lineup. Whereas this guy wasn't drafted in most redraft leagues. So with that being said, to that extent, I mean, to be absolutely fair, he, he shouldn't have been redrafted. He shouldn't have been drafted. Of course in not. Leagues. Of course not. But I think that this situation for Corderell Patterson is real. Connor, before you move on, any other thoughts on Corderell Patterson? Not really. I mean, he's checked down Matt Ryan now. Like if, if his first read's not open and his second read is going to take a little too long to progress or there's something not quite right with it, he's going to keep checking down to him. I mean, that alone is going to get him at least a weird, like, five-target buffer just by being, like, his primary outlet if shit hits the fan on any play. We just jinxed Cordero Patterson to eternity, that we all like his new game. Uh, Marquise Brown. By the way, hold on. One last thing. Arthur Smith, this is why he's here, to find ways to deploy people like that. He's just using the guy that we didn't expect. He's using Patterson, not Dave. Can't win football games, but he can find Cordero Patterson fantasy relevance. Hopefully, Kyle Pitts is the next guy on that list. Let's move on. Uh, Marquise Brown, Ian, wide receiver five. You are the man who drafted him in our dynasty pool, if I'm not mistaken. So are you believing the Marquise Brown hype? Or are you calling fake? I think if you're believing the Marquise Brown hype, you're partly buying into what Lamar Jackson is becoming. Good point. Yeah. Right. And what Lamar Jackson is becoming is a staggering dual threat, like staggering. Right. I mean, you know, the running has always been there. He's the most electric runner I've ever seen outside of Michael Vick. And, and he may even be more elusive than Michael Vick, which is bananas to think about. But Electric is the key word for Michael Vick. I think Michael Vick is the most electric runner I've ever seen. He's the most electric player I've ever seen. Yeah, but Lamar is a different runner than him. He's elusive. It's it's efficient too, right? Like you'd see Vick run 50 yards to gain two. Almost everything Lamar does is painfully efficient. Yeah, and it helps Lamar's big, right? I mean, Michael Vick's yep. biggest problem is that he was kind of like Kyler, where you're concerned if he runs, he's going to get killed. And I don't, I just don't have that concern, that same concern with Lamar. But back to Hollywood, right? I mean, if you're betting on Hollywood, you're betting on Lamar. And what we haven't seen until this season is we haven't seen Lamar be able to sustain a number one wide receiver. We've seen him been able to sustain a number one tight end in Mark Andrews, and then you know Marquise Brown and and, and you know and others filling in around the edges. But we haven't seen, you know, this before. I think what we're seeing from Marquise Brown is the drops are slowly declining. They're still there, but they're slowly declining. Like his talent's always been electric. So that's that's number one. The drops are going away. Number two, he's finally staying on the field, right? I mean, the guy's always on the trainer's table. And honestly, the third thing, he's catching touchdowns. At the end of the day, if you want to be relevant in fantasy, you got to catch touchdowns. And he's catching touchdowns. So I don't necessarily feel like the this can continue at this clip just based on 
the, the just the sheer touchdowns. What does he have right now? He's got five, five touchdowns. Five touchdowns, 451 five. yards receiving on 38 targets. Yeah, but but the five touchdowns in five games, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. going to come down. It just is. So, so the main question is, can he maintain the volume? So eventually for the Ravens, things are going to get tough. And when things get tough, Lamar turns to running the ball, Andrews, using it out of the backfield, et cetera. So when the going gets tough, can they find a way to keep Marquise Brown involved? I don't think it's fake, but I wouldn't bet my life that he's a top five receiver either. Like, I think he could slot in as a really good wide receiver too, right? So like, does that mean he's top 15? That makes sense to me. And then, in this, then to me, that's real. He's real then top to you. Uh, because I'm betting on Lamar. And, and Hollywood's always had electric talent. My main concern is touchdown regression and volume. Can those things continue? I mean, he had nine receptions the other night. I think the most awesome thing I've seen out of him, like he's separating at such a different level this year down the field than he was before, right? Like the last couple of years, you'd see him and it was almost just like, okay, like I have to stretch the field because I'm the fast guy. Like there was never like, he'd kind of give you these weird half-ass attempts to separate when he hit the secondary and it never really made sense to me. And I think he's finally figured out like, okay, like, this is how I can separate from these guys at this level. And if I do this, this gives us a – I mean, this this just creates so much more space for everyone else. And I, I I really do think that that one thing alone is almost helped Lamar elevate his game too because he's able to take deeper shots that are almost going to be higher percentage shots than what he had been before. Because there was a lot of times even when, when Marquise Brown was a rookie, right, he'd take these deep shots and it was almost like, okay, got to keep the defense honest. Like, you're down there and this probably isn't getting picked. But his ability to separate from the secondary once he hits that like second level of whatever route he's running is way better this year than I've seen the first couple of years in the league. And outside of, I mean, if you asked me this question two weeks ago, I'd probably say that he's fake just because mm-hmm. he get three pretty bad drops. But seeing him bounce yeah. back the way that he did, but seeing him bounce back the way they did last week, it's completely like, okay, cool, that's in the past. Like you're good. What's I think the he's main- gonna, by the end of the year, he's going to still. I think he's going to be a wide receiver one. What's amazing? So you you're real. Yeah, I think he's real. I'm fake. I'm fake. Um, I want him to be real. He's been awesome this year. And you mentioned the three drops a couple of weeks ago. He's seven points out of wide receiver one. We could be having this conversation that he's wide receiver one by a wide margin. Now the universe works in mysterious in, ways. He catches non, one of those. Non, to be fair, non PPR. Just to call it out. PPR. Yes. Just call it out. I think Cup is probably still number one in PPR. Probably because he has he has uh, nine more receptions than Marquise. But again, not too far off, though. Not too far off. And we look at this as he he had three touchdown drops a couple weeks ago. And it's it's incredible. Um, yep. But I agree with Ian. I think it comes down to team. It comes down to scheme. It comes down to personnel, his health. Uh, if I, I'd be selling Marquise Brown right now. Let's just put it that way. And. It's not a knock against him. I think that what he's showing is he's closer to the rookie season Marquise Brown than he was the injury-riddled season last year where everything just seemed like he was running in quicksand. But I have him on my dynasty team. I love watching him. But to me, it's fake, and I hope I'm wrong. Emmanuel Sanders is wide receiver 14. I'm going to jump in first if you guys don't mind here. He's got 322 yards. Four touchdowns, 19 receptions. So a lot of his 
57 points in non-PPR are coming with that touchdown pace. It's fake for me. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is very effective. I like him. But for me, it's how long until Diggs takes off. Because I think once he does, that's where the touchdowns are going. And I I know we're going to talk about another Buffalo Bill in a minute, but I think there might be a bit, you know, that's where this is also going to come. Diggs is going to explode. He's going to come. As a guy who didn't believe, I'm a believer in Diggs now. He's having a monster year, but to me it's fake because I think that Diggs is coming and Diggs is going to take from Emmanuel Sanders. What do you think, Connor? I mean, a lot of it's touchdowns, right? Like, I just – I don't think he's going to sustain this. I I like the guy a lot. I just I, – if you have him on your bench, he's not horrible to have if there's, you know, bye weeks come up, anything like that, injuries, et cetera, et cetera. I just don't think he's going to keep this pace up. Right now he's an auto like a, start. At wide receiver 14, he's an auto start. Are you feeling good about putting Emmanuel Sanders in your lineup? Because I'm not. No. Nope, nope, nope. I think the one thing we could say about Sanders is that I don't necessarily think he's taking away from Diggs. I think he's more cannibalizing Beasley than anything. Right. And, and good, good, you know, yeah, good. Fuck Cole Beasley. But you know, Josh Allen is electric. I mean, you talk electric. I mean, I just, I adore that dude. And there is, there is room in that offense for someone like Sanders to flourish. Is he going to flourish in, you know, right now he's sort of on the borderline of wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and non-PPR. Like, I don't think he's maintaining that, obviously. But I think you can feel really comfortable moving forward with him as your wide receiver three, you know, maybe a high-end wide receiver four. Like, I'd feel comfortable with that because this offense is just so dynamic. It's, it's no different than my feeling towards Zach Moss at the beginning of the year. My feeling towards Zach Moss at the beginning of the year was you you have the starting running back or even the co-starting running back of a top five offense. He's going to produce. It just is what it is. And, and I think you can expect the same from Sanders. Top 14, that's fake. Sanders being an effective fantasy guy, I've seen this for a decade. That is real. But is he a starter? Because if he's I not a starter, he is objectively fake then. Well, it depends. How how many starting wide receiver slots does your pool have? Ours has three. There's another pool we're in that has four, and there's some that have two. So to me, he's like borderline between three, four receivers slash flex. He's in that okay. range. So, so yeah, he's, he's in, in your, the lineup. He's in your lineup. Okay. Yeah, he should be in the lineup. Speaking of someone that needs to be in the lineup, Jamar Chase. Can I just go here? This is real. This is the best it's real rookie. It's, real. it's the best rookie wide receiver maybe I've ever seen. It's real. Hunter. I agree. <laughs> Done. Next one. I don't. Oh, I, I don't know what else we're supposed to say. Here. We're only laughing because I was surprised Connor, you put him on the list because I don't. No, we how were him? How were him and Justin Jefferson on the same team? Yeah, it's crazy. It's like crazy. no wonder they won the national title. Like I love Joe Burrow, but how hard was that? Oh, was both that? of you are open. Sick. Well, we'll yeah, save the Jamar Chase. We'll save the we'll save the chase talk for later because he he shows up again very very soon in one, another segment of ours. So the final one, Dawson Knox, tight end two. Um, I think we can be quick here. Uh, this one is obviously fake, but I think the question is by how much, right? Can he be better than T.J. Hawkinson? Like, he's definitely a touchdown guy. Like, Allen looks to him in the red zone all the time. And I love him. I would buy his stock. Dynasty, I just got him in a deal. I'm happy I have Dawson Knox. But, like, if he's a top 10 guy, you're ecstatic. So, I'm going to say it's obviously fake. 
he's very clearly a top 10 guy moving forward, obviously. I mean, a, a tight end's always so tough, right? Like, a, a, typically, if you don't have one of those top six, seven guys, it's such a weird, like, streaming wasteland. Like, for the purpose of this exercise, I'm going to say he's real because it does seem like he's going to – I mean, Allen's going to look for him in certain areas. I mean, the biggest thing, if you don't have one of those top six or seven tight ends, is is your guy getting looked for in the red zone, which he clearly is. He's real in the sense that he's going to be starting for some team in your fantasy league. Love it. Love it. Let's get to the next game. We were excited about this one, Ian. We have four categories, and we're playing start, stash, or cut, but this is the dynasty edition. So if you're in dynasty football, you either want to be starting this guy now, stashing this guy for later, or based on this exercise, between the three of them, you would cut them because I think that you guys will find out (laughs) <laughs> you probably wouldn't cut any of these players. So let's start with the wide receiver. Connor, start, stash, cut. Jamar Chase, DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson. Oh, my God. All, every person we're going to mention in this exercise is a start. Let's just put it that way. Oh my but God. with Dynasty, you got to start one, you got to stash one, you got to cut one. I mean, I'm starting Chase just because of how well he's playing right now, obviously, but... You got to stash Metcalf, and it just as much as I love what Justin Jefferson's done, it's, it's not like I full blown trust Kirk Cousins. I, I, I don't think any part of me is ever going to one hundred percent trust Kirk, and that's the quarterback he's attached to. So, got to cut him. Sound logic, Ian? Do you agree? I. This is the difficult part because you can't cut Metcalf. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to cut Metcalf. You can't cut Metcalf because I I get Russ. Right? Like, I get Russ. If I have Metcalf, you know, obviously Russ is hurt right now, but I get Russ with Metcalf. What does Russell do? Throw touchdowns. What does Metcalf do? Catch touchdowns. So, like, that's really hard. I think right now, this millisecond, if I am setting my lineup tomorrow, so that's not the and exercise. I'm assu- and, and I'm assuming Russ is healthy, right? No, it's right now. Is, you you have, you have really a dynasty hard. team. I know. Do you want me to go? Because I'm ready. Yeah, go. <clears throat> I am going to start Justin Jefferson. And I didn't think I'd say that a year ago. But he's, think he's uncoverable. He, he, he doesn't have the elite upside of the other two, in my opinion, just from, just from a, an athletic perspective. But God damn it, he has the highest floor. Uh, his and to to uh, I know Connor mentioned Kirk Cousins, but it, it's it works with him. It works. I'm starting JJ. I'm stashing Jamar Chase, and honestly, I could have flip flop between either of these. So I'm the one cutting DK, and it feels terrible. But as QB's hurt, there's already rumblings that Russell Wilson wants out. And I, as these guys grow older, where and by the way, DK Metcalf's only 24 years old, so it's not like he's the the dinosaur here. As these guys grow older, I actually think that JJ and Jamar Chase's game will transition better as they get older because DK is just an, just an overwhelming force as that starts to fade. I think, I think the other guys are just more fluid. They're more fluid. They're they're more strategic in in their game. And that's not to say DK is bad. Obviously I would never cut DK if I had him on my team, but I just, that's what I'm going. I'm starting JJ stash and chase. And, I, and I'm cutting DK. And, and I would have started Chase, but I've seen it for a year longer with JJ. So that's where I'm going. 
I'm literally the exact opposite. Uh, Oh no, you started Chase. I'm stashing Jefferson. I'm stashing Jefferson um, just because I think he's uncoverable. And I think you made a really good point about how his game's going to translate, right? I mean, he's just always open. Like, always open. Like, I don't know if you guys watch. I watch a ton of Vikings games because I have Dalvin Cook. So I'm always eager to see what he's doing. And Dalvin Cook is incredible. And I just enjoy watching that man play football. Um, In the red zone, some guys just have a knack. In the red zone, Adam Thielen is automatic. Yep. It's automatic. But every other piece of the field, Justin Jefferson owns. So you know there's a floor there. I get that. But I also just feel like he's so elite. He's always open. It's really, really difficult. I'm starting Jamar Chase. Um, I, I just think he's the best rookie you wide receiver guy. ever. Seen. I love it. And throw up. to me, to me, like if we're talking about dynasty receivers, uh, I, like this is the top three to me. Right. And then you can go Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams and that group. But to me, if I'm dynasty, this is the, this is the three, but I'd I have think, Metcalf third. I think Chase is a little premature, but that's why I'm stashing him because his upside. It's just he's been so fucking. He's good. premature, but, but he's the best. He's the best receiver here, and I'm not convinced that it's close because Chase gives me Adams off the line and Jefferson on the routes. It's bananas. Wow. Uh, let's keep going. The running back group. Start stash cut. Ian will stay with you. Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor. The the easy one, I'm I'm starting DeAndre Swift. To me, hmm. like if we're talking dynasty RBs, he's got to be in the top three or four. Um, the other two, it's hard. I think Najee's better, but I hate his situation, and I don't like that he's already 24. So if he's already 24. Four, or he's about to turn 24, however old he is. If he's already 24, how many peak years does Najee have before he hits that 27-year-old dip? That's a little bit of my concern with him. I mean, these guys are all obviously elite. I'm not the biggest, I'm not the biggest Taylor guy. Um, but what we've seen from him is being able to catch out of the backfield. By the way, that's something that Najee has really, really impressed me with. Um, my concern though, Ben is very clearly cooked. So then are we talking ourselves into 2022 Dwayne Haskins with Harris? Like, Garoppolo. I don't say it again. Or Rudolph? Garoppolo. Or Jimmy, right? Which I wouldn't mind. Check down Jimmy. But I, I think if we're talking about, if I'm talking talent, and at this point with these three guys, I just want to talk talent. I think DeAndre Swift is the best talent. He is the best guy. He's the, to me, he's the guy who can do both the best. Then I'm probably, God, this is hard. <laughs> I'm probably cutting. I'll cut, or I'll I'll cut Taylor, only because I don't know. There's something about him, and I and I'll stash Harris and see. Again, I do have concerns about Harris with the age, though. But but I do I, think that again, if I'm talking talent, I think Najee has more talent than Taylor. I love that none of us are agreeing. My only counterpoint to the age thing is he doesn't have that much wear on his tires, right? Like it's not, I mean, not to steal a reference from soccer here, but when you see the guys that have been starting since they were 16 that fall off a cliff when they're 25, I feel like a lot of it's just because they just get banged up and run into the ground and they just, they at a certain point, your body just can't handle it anymore. Yeah, we're seeing that with Zeke. So my question yeah. to you is, my question to you is, 
carries. It's a, it's a, it's a very, very valid point. How many running backs after age 27, regardless of carries have gone on to have effective NFL careers as like high end running backs. Well, David, I mean, in, yeah. in in this era, like Peterson, but I, I think I, I agree, but I think comparing, but Peterson, we could only name two, No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> right, I, like I'm, I'm saying that and like, I'm saying that because I agree with you. I'm not saying that as like a counterpoint. I'm saying like, you're completely right on that front. I just want to see it. Right. And, and we're about to see, like, we've already seen the Zeke drop and, and, and Honestly, we're about to see what happens with Derrick Henry. Like that, to me, no one's been road harder. No, nope. nobody. Right? Like that is somebody we're going to see if he can Tom Brady this. And he was road and hard go in the 30. same system, same system Correct. as Alabama. Road hard there. Absolutely. And if if Henry can Tom Brady this and go until he's twenty nine or thirty, then then yeah, like I, I'm happy to bet on someone like Harris because if 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 Derrick Henry can do it, and yes, Derrick Henry's a cyborg, then it gives me more faith in that. But again, we're talking about 27-year-old running backs. There just isn't a lot of proof of that. But I think Harris's upside right now, just from a talent perspective, is so immense that I'd have him over Taylor by a hair. Okay, really quick. Why do you always say Najee Harris is 24 when he's not? He's, 20, he's 23 turning 24 at the end of the year, though, right? By the end no, of the season. Next, be- no, next, yeah, next, no, after the season, he'll turn 24. February. He, he is eight months older than DeAndre Swift. Like, yeah. Like what are we talking? Like, so, again, he but, came out of different. But Swift, Swift's already got a year plus on him. Uh, yeah, again, but, I, but we're talking right now. Okay, so because we got to get to a few others, I'm starting Taylor. I think he is clearly the most talented running back of these three, and I like his situation. Now, you know, I'm not saying the Indianapolis Colts are the, you know, 2010 New England Patriots for their consistency, but I'm I'm taking Taylor. I'm cutting Swift. Like I, I don't trust the Lions organizationally. How many impact players have they had over the last twenty years? One, Calvin. I, I like what they're doing. I love this 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 management group, but it's still the Lions. And by the way, he's also on the injury report every week. I know that Taylor this, has missed time, but he is on the injury report every single week. Stop. The only thing that could hold you spoke in this back. entire segment. Hold on. The only thing that could hold the Swift back is if that Reddit bullshit that about him murdering a guy is true. He oh, is, of course, clearly. Clearly, the best guy here. No, I don't think so. I think you're blinded because he was your guy. And I'd stash Harris. Back, it's not going to hold him back. <laughs> I'd stash Harris. I think, I think his team is dog shit now. But of all three of these organizations that I trust to turn it around and figure it out in the time that he's going to be good, it's Pittsburgh. So this is not a knock. I, I think DeAndre Swift is awesome. I think he's awesome. I'd love to have him on my fantasy team. I'd love to. I have him on two. But I, that, that's what I would do. Connor, what are you doing before we move on to quarterbacks? The thing that concerns me about Harris, because I would like to be at least somewhat objective here. The only times it seems like Big Ben can actually drop back and complete a pass that's more than five yards deep is when Harris is doing his insane pass blocking shit that has been phenomenal. That feels problematic when he's you your can't best. do that. And he's, he's amazing at it. But the problem is Tomlin knows he's amazing at it, and he asks him to do it over and over and over and over again. That's why and he plays out, 100% of the snaps. That he plays 100% of the snaps because he, he, he's one of the best pass blockers I've seen at running back that's come out of college football. He's really freaking good at it. Like, really, really good at it. It's insane. But he's going to get hurt doing it. The funny thing and, about this exercise is we could have literally, for all four of these categories, thrown balls up in the air that had their names on it. 
if they landed in one of the three categories, we could just can make an it. argument for it because they're so good. <laughs> they're so good. They're so good. Let's get to quarterbacks, Ian. Start, stash, cut. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, or Justin Herbert again. Like, if you got one of these guys for your dynasty team. Oh, I mean, to me, the the easy. I mean, this one is the easiest one so far. To me, I am uh, absolutely starting Justin Herbert. I am stashing Kyler Murray and I'm cutting Lamar Jackson. Wow. Because Lamar as a runner is so unbelievable. And him as a passer, the growth. He, like, people don't understand. He hasn't had a Josh Allen leap because, frankly, that just doesn't happen. We need to stop comparing people to Josh Allen. He's taken a massive, massive leap with how he's done. And I want to make sure that Lamar gets a ton of credit. My main concern with Kyler, size, injury risk. You know, there are times it disappears. He's not consistent. But peak level Kyler is so scary that if he's ever able to put it together at a consistent level, like Justin Herbert has done, we're talking about the number one quarterback in Dynasty moving forward, period. So I, I upside, that's why I'm stashing Kyler. Herbert is just so electric and so consistent. He's he, he quite frankly could be very easily be the number one quarterback in Dynasty right now. And Jackson after that. Although Allen's probably number one quarterback in Dynasty. Tom Brady. Then Herbert. Tom Brady's 42. Or 44. Well, oh, I'm just saying right now. Oh, yeah, this year, I'm, saying, I'm saying, saying in dynasty. In dynasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, Mahomes probably. Even still, he's 25. True. True. Okay. Right? So what, Herbert's in the top three. Yep. I agree with you. I agree. Connor, you want to take this one? I don't want to give you guys my quarterbacks. So you didn't give a shit about my running backs. So frick what? you guys. You didn't you didn't tell us your running backs? Did we just completely skip you? No, you didn't. You didn't get you didn't let me do it. Now I don't want to. Hmm. Come All right, fine. I'll do it. On, Start, stash, cut. Fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. Fine. You talk me into it. Fine. Thanks. Jeez. Good. All right. Starting Najee. You play 100% of the snaps. Trickle down fantasy nomics. I'm, I'm going to workshop that. We'll figure that out. Uh, stashing Swift. He's one of the best running backs that I've seen come out of college in a really, 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 really long time. I love Jonathan Taylor. Love him. I love his motor. I'm not convinced that he is a sustainable fantasy option. I love him as a real football player. And quarterback. Your, your quarterbacks. And then my quarterback. Uh, I'm starting Lamar because he just pushed my shit in this last week, so I can't not start him. Uh, Got to tip the cap to him. Uh, I'm stashing Kyler because he was one of the best arms I've ever seen in my entire life, and I'm cutting Herbert, even though it pains me to say wow. that. And I feel like a big old dumb idiot, and I do love Justin Herbert for the record, but I can't not hold on to Kyler because his arm is fucking bananas. I don't understand how Oregon had this guy. And literally, we never saw this. This guy, Herbert, is insane. It's, I, I, we, we, we've gone over this so many times at the Oregon thing. I just, the Cristobal not seeing that tells you everything you need to know about them ever bringing in a blue chip. No, but I feel I bad know. for Ducks fans. That's my point. Because, like, this guy, like, it's the flip of Mariota. Right, like Chip Kelly was able to coddle Mariota to the point where he was like maybe like easily like statistically the greatest college quarterback ever, and then Herbert's the opposite. It's bananas. Well, it wasn't even really Chip. Like they just they kept all that coaching staff, and like Helfrich was the guy that like coddled him like crazy. And then when he left, Helfrich didn't know what he was doing. Like I, I just I, whatever. I, I feel bad for them. They have the best recruiter that they're ever going to have in their lives, and it, it does it literally doesn't matter. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, this was the hardest one for me. I know I'm stashing Herbert. It's just which one of the runners do I appreciate more? And when you look at it, which is crazy to me, Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray are separated by like 11 months in age, which is absolutely insane. Holy shit. Absolutely insane. So I'm going to start Lamar and I'll cut Kyler. Yeah, I get point, that. To the point that Ian mentioned, size matters. Um, even though sure. I, I fought, oh my God. No, they're not 11 months apart. They are the exact, they are the same age. Like they're like six months apart. Oh my God, this is amazing. I'm, I'm going to start Lamar. I'm going to start Lamar, even though Kyler Murray can throw the ball better. I'm taking it. Uh, last one. Let's do this one quickly, boys. Tight end. Kyle Pitts, TJ Hawkinson, and George Kittle. I think this one is probably... This one has probably the clearest cut, but I'm going to start him. I'm starting George Kittle. I think wow. he has... Yeah, I am. I am. Because, I, yes, he's the oldest. Yes, he's been hurt. But I think his peak is on another planet from Hawkinson. And we haven't seen enough from Pitts yet. So I'm going to start Kittle. I'm going to stash Pitts because the, the talent is so tantalizing. And I hate to do it, but I'm going to cut Hawkinson. Because I, 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 Kittle's like 28 legit, years old. Almost, he's almost 30. No, no. He yeah. is like, he just turned, he just turned 28. He's a year younger than me. Yep. Yep. This is easy. It is. Nope. Start, it comes back to the Detroit thing. It is start Pitts. All day. Because he is the best tight end prospect ever. Prospect. Of all time. Of all time. He's got like 33 yards receiving last week or two, whatever it was. He had 100 100 last week. week I know. Without without Ridley. Kyle Pitts, I I don't care if I have to wait. I don't care if I'm in Dynasty and I have to wait and lose games. It'd be painful because I have Kyle Pitts in the lineup. I don't care. He's so good. It's ridiculous. He is the Jamar Chase of tight ends. It's a wrap. Pitts, start. I'm cutting George Kittle. I'm sorry. He's amazing. He really is. Incredible, incredible player. But like at some point when you keep getting dinged up, it just, it stacks up, right? I mean, we saw it with Gronk. Like he woke up one day. I agree with he that. He was old. Especially right? as a physical tight end like Kittle. As a tight end for sure. And, yeah. and Kittle's had an amazing career. Should, should, should go into the Hall of Fame and everything else. I, I also don't totally love his quarterback play, but I can say the same thing about Hawkinson. Hawkinson, tight end is notoriously hard to learn, and you can see him putting it together every single week. It's coming. And I, I just think that I think he's the next Kittle. Helps they went to the same school. Tight end you, baby. Go Iowa. Go ahead, Connor. I we didn't forget you this time. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You're welcome. When you're as old as Kittle and you play every down, and you don't just play every down as a decoy, you play like – Kelsey can like you play every down and you're actively blocking dudes because you're really, 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 really good at every aspect of being a tight end, which is probably the hardest position to piece every single part of the position together in. It's tough for me. I can't stash him and I can't play him right now. I, I just, I can't, he, Go ahead. he has to be cut, cut and it sucks. Cut it sucks. I, Cause I love him. I love him. I really, really do. I fucking love this dude. I, I, I would probably, I love anyone that loves pro wrestling, man. Like, I just, I love the guy. <laughs> I just straight up, I love the dude. I'm starting Hawk right now because of volume. And I, he's really, I just flat out, he's really good. And I'm stashing Pitts because Pitts, once Atlanta figures their crap out, is going to be the focal point of that offense. Well, we did it.
start stash cut. We should play this again. And, and also, should- I, while we talk about Kittle, I, I do think it's really interesting just to understand how absurd it is what Travis Kelsey's doing. Yep. What Travis Kelsey is doing being this steadily elite for this long, right? Like he didn't get his real start with Kansas City until he was 25. He's 32 now, right? And he is breaking, he is getting better every single season. It's absurd what he's doing. Well, it's not like we he's just, played we've tight never end seen his whole that. life either. Like he was a quarterback no, in high school. Like he he had to train. Like I mean, he came into college as a quarterback. Got kicked. I forget what school he was at. He got kicked off of whatever. Cincinnati. Program. Did he get kicked out of Cincinnati, or was that his second chance? Not it sure. It, either way, Regardless. like the fact that he's a converted tight end and he's picked up what he's been able to do so quickly and be as dominant as he has been is phenomenal. Because Gronk's peak, Gronk is like Shaq. His peak was so dominant that you're just like, oh, it's Gronk. But, you know, what Kelsey has done consistently with no breaks in between, no lost seasons to injury, no down years, no years where he randomly has 400 yards receiving, what he's done as a 1,000-yard receiver for this long is bananas. So he deserves a shout-out. I know he wasn't here, so. You guys good? Just yeah, if you want bad. Kittle to take a year off. I can, I can t- make my transition now? Perfect. You're good, man. We made it. And your hands up. Thank you. We're at picks. We normally do six games, but based on time, I might NBC this and flex a few to next week. But we'll see. Let's start with the game that I don't want to just fly through in the sake of time. And that is Ian's Las Vegas Raiders visiting the Denver Broncos. Ian, I don't know if you heard, but they have a new coach in Vegas. Did you did you hear this? By the way, I'm a Chargers fan now. Oh right, I forgot. I don't know if anyone Same saw division Coach too. That's a that's a hell of a jump. Same coast. I, I don't think I, 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 I don't think. I, first of all, if you haven't seen Brandon Staley talk with the media this week, please go watch it. That is a man that gets it, and I want the Chargers to win every game between him, Herbert, my guy Mike Williams, Big Daddy Eckler. I want them to win every game. Shouts out to um, Derwin James. My God, animal last week. My God. All right. Anyway, uh, when it comes to the Raiders, first of all, th- this team has been an utter embarrassment and a laughing stock for the better part of two decades. And I, I know we all love Al Davis for his brashness, uh, for just win baby, for all that other stuff. But this was a culture that was allowed to be brewed under Al Davis and translated over to Mark, right? As much as we want to blame John Gruden for this, and we should, he is a fucking dipshit. This is this is top down, right? And, and you don't give a guy $100 million in 10 years if you don't really know that person. You have to know that person. There's no, no fucking way that Mark Davis didn't know what John Gruden was about. Game 10 years, $100 million. You're not going to check. And this is an NFL problem as a whole. Frankly, it's a global problem. But hopefully this is something that can spur change. And we have more people like Coach Staley in positions of power than dipshits like John Groot. But if we want this to be fixed, we need this ownership group to lead the charge, not hide behind the shield. When it comes to the game itself, I think what we're going to see from the Raiders is how much did that group hate John Gruden? 
right? If they come out and they're inspired and they're playing hard and, you know, Denzel Perriman is, you know, picking up where he left off, getting like 20 tackles a game, right? If, if Carr's inspired and Ruggs is a big game, like if we see that, we're going to see, we're going to find out how much this team hated John Groot, right? If we don't see Peyton Barber at all, we're going to find out, you know, just how much this team hated John Groot. John Groot loved Peyton Barber. So I think it's going to be interesting. Do they rally? Or is it just as simple as, you know, Derek Carr struggled last week against a, a top-end defense. He's facing a top-three defense, to, you know, this weekend. With all that's going on, new coach, everything else, I got Broncos here. So I never said the spread. The spread's minus four for the Broncos. It not um, matter what the spread was. Because I wanted to kind of let us have that talk. You mentioned top-down. Again, most of this happened when he was at ESPN. And I think that's where my head is pointing is towards ESPN because it was a string of emails while he was on Monday night football. They continued to bring him back at crazy amounts of money. They need to be looked at here. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I agree. I only, I wasn't trying to absolve ESPN. Just be clear, Sean. I'm not trying to absolve no, ESPN oh, or I, anyone I, else. I'm only saying that Mark Davis knew John Gruden for a long time. A long time, maybe even three decades. Mm -hmm. You know the man. You gave him $100 million in 10 years. You knew it. There's no way that you didn't know he felt this way at least a little bit. So they need to be accountable for that. If you're going to put that stuff in a work email, what you say in the comfort of a private conversation, come on. Come on. And I know you weren't absolving ESPN. I just looked at it as if we're looking at the timeline, I think matters. And it was fair. absolutely it, fair. It, it was important. It was it was terrible, and uh, disgusting. And that's why I love the Raiders plus four here because I think he shouldn't have coached last week. Mark Davis knew on Thursday. Him and his stupid haircut. They knew that something was coming. They let and him his coach his yeah, and his white jeans. His players had to deal with that, and they looked terrible. Outside of that, the Raiders look really good. And I think that I think we're going to see the, the Broncos aren't, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills. They have a good defense. Bradley Chubb's not playing. So that's less than ideal. I look at this as I'll take the points. Give me the points on a team to Ian's point. How much do they appreciate? They don't have to deal with this shit this week. Yeah, how much? Let's By see. the way, I want Carl Nassib to have like 13 sacks. Uh, thousand, you're, if, what Two is it? 80%, 80% of the league is black. You have an openly gay man on your team. Mm-hmm. Okay? Women who work for the team. It's disgusting. And this shit comes And by out. the way, now, we've this, all said what shit we, that, we, that we don't but appreciate. But here's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. John Gruden is a product of an investigation against the Washington football team. Well, we can't right. let happen. We can't let happen is Gruden, who deserves all of the shit that's come his way, to be the martyr for this group. He needs to be the first domino that falls because we're talking about top down. This is a Dan Snyder problem. This is a Bruce Allen problem. This is something that we need to get them all. Apparently, it's an Adam Schefter problem now, too. Jesus, this is everyone who's in needs to go. 
Let's figure it out. Let's air this out. Connor, give me your pick quick, and we're going to do a few more picks before we head out of here. I'm taking the Broncos at home. This is this is my lock of the week. I'm pumped to see Mayock for draft coverage on the NFL Network next season. That's going to be awesome to have back. He is the first guy fired. I think. Yep, I agree. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be cool to have him back as an analyst. I whatever the stupid Gruden sucks. Shouts out my mom for being right about Gruden for like 20 years. By the way, like she's never liked the guy ever. Shout ever, out ever. Mrs. Murphy. Shout, Shout out, out Mrs. Murphy. Ever ever ever. Like to I, it's the, it's the wildest like long game I've ever seen anyone play in their entire life, and it started okay, with really? her not liking his visor and ended with her just <laughs> dying on the that was Tony Dungy's team that won a Super Bowl hill. Really quick, wow, what a hill to die on! Great hill to die on. Phenomenal hill, Connor. Round table, really quick. Who leaked the email? Goodell My did. Guess is- you called him a pussy. Who did? I think Goodell did because he found uh, out that he called him a pussy. He, call, he called him a much more hurtful word than that. Uh, yeah, he did. A word we're not going to say on this podcast. I <laughs> I said Urban Meyer. We shouldn't laugh about this. Like, this is really bad, but fuck it. We have fun on here because now we're, no one's talking about Urban Meyer, you know, feeling no the backside of a girl's pants right now. <laughs> Ian, do you want to play heads. this game? Two shitheads who don't deserve it. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, the most fun one is – you know, the most fun one is, you know, is, is some combination of, you know, former player or Urban Meyer or whatever. I think my, honestly, I think this leak came from Washington. And I think it came from Snyder. Look over there. Don't look at me. Love it. Yes. Uh, let's do the Chargers are visiting the Ravens. The Ravens are minus two and a half at home. Ian, are these the two most fun teams in the league right now? Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, sorry. They Noted are- Chargers fan, Ian Stansfield. Are these the two most fun teams in the league right now? Absolutely, they are. Right? Absolutely, they are. Two amazing seasons at, at quarterback. Uh, two top five MVP guys, although Lamar's my MVP at the moment. Um, and then, you know, two breakout seasons from young receivers, both of whom I like. Both Lamar's I your MVP? Yeah, Lamar's the MVP right now, for sure. Over, over I, I, I'm not... Yeah, over Brady, 100%. over Allen, anyone else? I think he's the MVP. I'm not, I, and I'm not sure it's remotely close. I don't disagree. There's yeah, no one. Disagree. There's no one who does more things to impact the game for their team than Lamar Jackson. It's just, it's a runaway right now. Um, with, you know, with all that said, this is the hardest game. I think if you bet this game, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind because I am talking about it. I still don't have a pick. If you bet this game, you're crazy. When I'm not sure, I take the points. So give me the Chargers. I was going to say, do you want me to help you? With some trends, because you know I love trends. The Chargers are eight and one against the spread in their last nine, and four and one against the spread on the road. But Baltimore counters with a nine and four record against the spread in their last thirteen. Sammy Watkins is out, but Ian, do you know who's playing this week? Rashad Bateman is in the lineup this week. Hopefully, it doesn't take away from Hollywood Brown. Master Bateman. Two two additional trends. The West team is coming east. So that hurts the Chargers, but the Ravens are on a short week. They played on Monday. I'm going to take the Ravens. It's less than a field goal at home. So they're saying that the Chargers on a neutral field would be favored by a half point. I'll take the Ravens. Give me the Chargers. I mean, I look what Lamar did last week was what Lamar did last week was phenomenal. It was amazing to watch. He he is the front runner for MVP. I think if if the Colts had any depth at any position on defense and were able to make substitutions to keep guys off the field and keep from getting winded, 
that they probably hold them off and they end up winning the game in a nail biter. They didn't. They were able to drive the field like nothing the last two drives that they had. Going to overtime, you don't have any legs anymore, you win the game. This Ian, is the deepest defense in the league. The Chargers. The Chargers are. They're Without also extremely well coached. Mm-hmm. They're extremely well coached. They have a quarterback that is painfully accurate who isn't a turnover machine. The two the elite wide receivers, like they're no, they're built well. And, and Eckler's yep. been sensational. No, I, I don't think there's a wrong pick there, guys. I, I agree with you. I could, I would possible stay away. If you from bet this, you're out of your, you're out legit of, out of your mind. And like, you, you can't even bet go, the over or the under. Like, the trends don't lend either way. You need help. If you bet this game, you need help. Just sit down, grab a, get, grab a drink, and watch the football game. That's what you need to do. Speaking of another game that we need to watch, Ian, is is this the game of the week or is Chargers Ravens? Cardinals at the Browns. Browns favored by three and a half. Chargers Ravens is only because the Cardinals are going to be without head coach Cliff Kingsbury because he tested positive for COVID today. Um, Vance Joseph, who failed miserably in Denver, is going to be taking the reins. So to me, that is a downgrade to Kyler, all Cardinals fantasy guys, um, everything as a whole. So like if you, you were one of those guys who like loves Rondale Moore, by the way, I am one of those people that like, hey, you like him as a flex this week. Let's mm-hmm. wait. Let's wait till next week when hopefully Kingsbury's back. Vance Joseph was really bad in Denver, guys. Like, really bad. I, you know, on the Brown side, I don't love that Nick Chubb's not playing, obviously. Um, plus, that defense, you know, particularly at secondary, can be a bit susceptible. I, I uh, Newsom hasn't been playing, so it's been Greedy Williams, who's been solid. I just like the Browns here. Statement. Um, I don't, I don't think when you wake up tomorrow or even hear this podcast that that spread's still going to be three and a half. I bet you it goes closer to four, four and a half because of the Kingsbury news. I like an OBJ breakout game here. So I got, I, I got the Browns. Connor, you want a stat for this game? Hit me, baby. DeAndre Hopkins has now gone seven straight games without a hundred yards receiving. Does that continue this week? And also, that is absolutely crazy. <laughs> that, that's insane. Uh, guys, it's tough times here on the Baker Mayfield choo-choo train. I'll tell you what. I, I've refused to hop off your week after week. I'm still on it. It's phenomenal. I'm on it with you, baby. Dude, right now, there's a, there's so much room. So anyone who wants to join, just come on in. We, we got plenty of room for you. It, it's going to be great when this thing gets turned around. I'm I'm on it till the end. I'm on it till it crashes and burns. Uh, if, if the Cardinals have Cliff, I'm probably taking the Cardinals, but they don't. So I'm taking the Browns. Boom. There you go. Ian, do you want to hear something crazier than DeAndre Hopkins? The DeAndre Hopkins stat. Sure. When we wake up tomorrow, the spread's going to be three. It's already trending towards the Cardinals, which because means Chubb? I, I think Chubb and I think the public is on the Cardinals because they're the five and oh the five and oh team right you're also coming the wrong direction which needs to be pointed out to play outdoors in dog shit cleveland very good point i don't like there's no nick chubb uh miles garrett jadavion Clowney, and denzel ward were all limited this week i may be the only Clowney makes no difference no i know which is crazy 
I may be the only person who doesn't believe in the cards at all. Like I, I've been calling them Jekyll and Hyde for the entire season, but I'm going to take them here. So I, I'm zagging off you guys the entire episode just because I think it's a field goal game. So give me the extra half point. And I think that if the Cardinals, this is the tough thing, even if it was the other way around, Baker does a lot of great stuff. He can't put that last drive together, though. He's, he, when he has the ball, you need that, that point. He doesn't have it. I like does Austin field. Hooper still exist? No, he doesn't. David Njoku is the guy now. What the hell David Njoku is the guy. And then there's a little bit of Harrison Bryant. He's standing around somewhere, too. Let's keep going. The, this is, honestly, the three these three games, the games this week are awesome. The Cowboys are visiting the Patriots. Connor, the Patriots are favored by three and a half. What no. do you like? Cowboys Sorry. are favored by three and a half. You are right. The, the Patriots are getting three and a half at home. Thank like, you, Ian. Cowboys is a mortal lock. <laughs> They're not favored. <laughs> Go ahead, Connor. What do you like, buddy? Give me Dallas. I mean, if we're getting this game in November, maybe I'm thinking about it a little bit more, but give me healthy Dallas. I think the guy that's right behind Lamar is Dak for MVP, by the way. Mm, very good point. He was on pace last year. Yep. I don't know how you can look at this game and think that it's anyone but Dallas, right? I mean, if you're taking New England, it's only because that Belichick is on the brink of breaking a 26-year streak where he has not lost four straight home games. So if you're taking New England, that's literally the only reason. And with a rookie quarterback and questionable skill position players and everything else, like, I'm sorry. There's just not enough there. I mean, are we even convinced that the Patriots could score enough points to make it close? Because you know Dak's going to score. Like, so let's say, let's say for fun, we think that Dallas is going to score 28 points. Can, are, are we convinced that the Patriots can score 25? And, and, and again, this is not your, this is not last year's Cowboys, right? They employ the defensive rookie of the year. They employ the early favorite for defensive player of the year in mm-hmm. Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. And they're doing this all without their best defensive player, which is Demarcus Lawrence, who's hurt. This is, this team is, High level, high level. The fact this is three and a half is honestly kind of embarrassing. I'm going boys. Five and zero against the spread in their last five. Yeah, they've been dominated by the Patriots over the last decade because Tom Brady was there. I'm with you. No more. No. No more needs to be said. I'm taking the Cowboys as well. I think that the spread should be five and a half. Honestly, it should be closer to a touchdown. So let's get to the last. To the last two. Really quick here, boys. The Seattle Seahawks and Geno Smith are visiting Pittsburgh on a Sunday night, and the Steelers are only favored by five. Ian, how is it possible? I can't wait to not watch this game. Like, I'm not oh. going to watch any of it. I do not need to watch Ben Roethlisberger and Geno Smith go drive for drive. I, if I wanted to do that, I'd watch the preseason. The, <laughs> but with that said, no Russ, no Carson, and a shit defense on the wrong coast, that's just a no for me. It's a no. I think Pittsburgh is garbage. I, I, I'm not sure Ben can score five points, but I'm sorry. It's got to be Pittsburgh. I agree with you. I don't have to say anything. I don't say anything. And, and Ben's at home. If this might be his last Sunday night game ever, I think he's going to put on a show. I like the five points. Connor? I put on a show. He's going to throw for 150 yards. Throw two Gino touchdowns. Smith and throw has one touchdown. sucked since he was at West Virginia. 
I whatever Steelers. Geno sucks. I don't even want to. I don't want to watch him. I don't want to pretend he. There was ever a point where he was ever going to be any good. I Steelers. I'm taking the Steelers. Geno's going to throw like three picks, and everyone's going to be like, "Oh, he looked so good until the pick the first time he went in." And I'm just going to whatever. Fuck him. He's Steelers. Dude, I, cheer up. What that, did, you, did you draft him or something in Dynasty? No, I just I, the fact that he's still in the league. Just I don't know why it bugs me so much. He, he was one of those guys who were like he was the best quarterback from his draft class, and everyone was sort of like pumping him up as the guy. And then he then had a draft season, so he sucked. fell in the second round. It's draft was terrible, and like it just it was a lot. How do you let EJ like, Manuel jump you in the draft? He's an analyst now. Donkeys. Well, Bunch of, him getting drafted in the first two rounds still blows my mind. Well, a game that we will watch. The Buffalo Bills are visiting the Titans. The Titans are getting six points at home. Connor, let's stick with you and your angry nature. Are you taking the dogs at home? Are you taking the favorites? Guys, I'm a lot happier now that we don't have to talk about Geno Smith, just for the Perfect. record. I feel way better. I'm sorry I lashed out. That, that you know... Deep fly ball to left field for nothing ball game. Um, <laughs> God, this is tough. Is it? Fuck. I mean, kind of. Like the Titans at home. Home. Like if they score first, they're going to eat up a crap ton of clock. Like I think I like the Titans here. Ooh. And they're healthy. I kind. I like the Titans. I like the Titans. Give me the Titans. The thing that's impressing me most about Buffalo is that the defense is back to being good. And like, that's really what matters, right? Like Trey Davis white is back to being good. And Micah Hyde is back to being good. Like th- those things, I'm sorry, they matter. And for Buffalo's defense to sort of get to this point it, it is big. You know, we, Buffalo's been pretty dominant since they lost to Pittsburgh, but Derek Henry, man at home, like if we're talking MVP, it's what Lamar, Allen, Henry, you know, healthy Brown, ten and healthy Julio. No, what about what are we doing? The Bills are in a different stratosphere as a team. They're winning by a touchdown. It's Buffalo. What am I doing? <laughs> a couple of stats, one for both sides. The Bills are thirteen and three against the spread in their last sixteen. And, and trust me, they've been favored a lot. But the Tennessee Titans are 12 and four straight up at home against the Bills in their last 16. Now, again, that could span two decades at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, the Bills have been bad for literally two decades. Awful. I think the Bills have found something. They came off that Chiefs win, and it should have been a letdown, and it wasn't. It wasn't. I think they're peddled on metal. I think they got kicked in the teeth against the Steelers at home. And I think teams that get that, they have it. This team has it. I like them to win by a touchdown here. So I'm taking the Bills. Ian, we have one more quick segment. This is what I think. We were going to ask Connor to, to step off. But I think Connor stays. And we do our yeah, favorite. I want to do these rapid fire. Yeah, and I want Connor to give any insight that he feels. We always, we always being a year running, but we did our over-unders on the East and West last year. Last week, we did our over-unders in the NBA in the Western Conference with pod god Rob Shaw. Ian, let's do the Eastern Conference. Instead of doing every single team, I said, let's bring our favorite over and our favorite under. I hope you didn't pick the Raptors because I'm sure that we'll talk about that as a bonus question. But if you did, is that your favorite over? 
No, I think Milwaukee's over at, f- at 54 is pretty much a slam dunk. I would say Charlotte's is probably up there and Atlanta is another one of my favorites. Atlanta at 47 and a half. Yeah, that's happening. They're like 13 guys deep. So your favorite over in the Eastern Conference is Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Atlanta, and Charlotte are all tied. Wow. Those are locks over. So my lock was Milwaukee. 54 and a half to me is honestly disrespectful. Yeah, they may, so win, they, they may, they may win like 65. They, they would need to go 55 and 27. They are returning a majority of their title team. Yeah, there could be a hangover. But I think Giannis is unlocked right now, which is scary. I also don't Scary. think Giannis knows what a hangover is. Like no. he doesn't he doesn't take anything for granted. Like he wants to go win another one. But if I told you right now, Ian, the Milwaukee Bucks in 21-22 will be a 60-win team or they will be a 53-win team. Where are you putting your chips? Forget 54 more, and a half. Oh, I I put my chips on 60 easy. Me too. This is a lock. Ian, we gave our favorite. Let's quickly rapid fire the over under East. We are we're going off the cuff really quick in the podcast. We didn't plan this. So, Ian, over under Atlanta, 47 and a half. It's a lock. They're too deep, too good. I like them. I like the over as well. It is not a lock for me. Brooklyn, 55 and a half. Mm. Sorry. I, I know I skipped Boston, but I'm coming back to that. To me, why are Brooklyn and Milwaukee not in the same category? I, I think. Harden, Durant, and that team, that's 60 wins. Who cares what Kyrie's doing? Harden may mess around and win MVP, and he's 18-1 to right now. Go get that. Over. Agreed. Brooklyn is over. I'm going to come back to Boston right now. Boston, 46.5 is their over-under. Ian, I'm going first. This is a lock-under for me. Yes, they added Schroeder. They added Horford and Wancho. But they finished 500 a year ago. Now they have to go 12 games over 500 really quick. I know we're going rapid fire. Better teams than them in the Eastern Conference. The Nets, the, the, the 76ers, the Bucks, the Hawks, the Heat. Those to me are locks. At the bottom, I think the Bulls are better. The Pacers are better. The Hornets are better. The Raptors are better. The Cavs are better. Not than Boston, but then they were last year. Lock under. I have under, I have under as well. Uh, new coach. I, I like their additions. I like Horford edition. I just want to see it. Chicago Bulls, 43 and a half year, over under. So that means they're what? One game over 500? Two uh, games over 500? Two. Two. It's about I mean, right. It's about right. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's about right. I, I, I just don't like how the roster works out. They're going to hemorrhage points. Um, I, I, I don't totally get it. I don't totally get it. Um, if they get one injury, they're completely screwed because there's no depth. I've never Zach Levine. This is not criticism, but he's never been a winning player. So unless he, unless he Devin Booker's like, you know. So uh, I got under here. I don't like. I don't like how this is all setting up. I'm with you. I think more can go wrong for this team than they can go right. The floor is lower than the potential ceiling. So I'm going to go under as well. The Charlotte Hornets are 38 and a half in over under lock over. If if Hayward stays healthy, lock lock over. I guess I know that's a big if. But brought in Book Knight, Kelly Oubre, they, they, they're, they're not doing the Bismack Biombo thing anymore. This isn't over. If I have Chicago as a slight under, I have to have them as a slight over because I think that they're all in the same, in that same middling pack. I like them fighting for the play in. The Cleveland Cavaliers are 27 and a half. Ian, I kind of like the over. Please talk me out of this. 
I love their talent. I love their talent. I, I don't understand the roster. Why is Laurie Marketing on the team? Why do they trade Larry <laughs> no Nance? <idea. laughs> right? Like, why does that make sense? What's the plan with Kevin Love? You know, can can Mobley and Allen play together? What happens with Sexton? What is a Coro? I'm just asking too many questions. Uh, it's an under. I, they have so many pieces that it makes me believe they have to be trading them. Okay, I'm gonna go what slight, are they getting? I'm gonna go what are you getting over. for Kevin Love? What are you getting for Laurie? No, Martin? nothing for Kevin Love. Not getting any of the, anything for any of those guys. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go slight over. I'm going to go slight over because okay. okay. I think they're at 28, 29 wins. Detroit Pistons, 25 and a half. Ian, over or under? I like what they've done. Casey is a, is a really good coach. They're bad. This They're is bad. Yeah, it's under. The Indiana Pacers are 42 and a half, Ian. I like this over. This is not a 500 basketball team. Even if they're 43 the stat- and 41. What's the status of TJ Warren? What's the status of, of Brogdon? What's the status of Karis LeVert? What happens with Turner and... What happens with Turner and... Um, Sabonis. Sabonis. How does Carlisle fit in? Again, this is just a team with too many questions. I do believe Carlisle is going to make them better, but he can't make he can't make them better if none of their guys are healthy. There's just too many questions. I think Levert, uh, one of Levert and Warren is close. I can't remember which one. I think Brogdon. I think Levert like ready broke to his go. back. So like, it, either it's not way, gonna- Carlisle with this talent in the middle of the East. I like 43-44 wins. Miami, 48-and-a-half. Kyle Lowry. Lock under. I, I, I don't like think that. this is going to be a regular season team. I agree with you. Like, how? Care. Like, between Lowry, Butler, Bam, like, are, they're incredible players. But how are we scoring every night? Right? Like, how are we? I, I just don't like it. I think really there's going schedule losses in there. Are they better than the Celtics? I would say very, very slightly. Like, just like roster construction. You think that they're very slightly better. Hair, yeah. So you don't like my lock under for the Celtics then? No. I think I, I think Boston could be better than we think. It really is going to depend on how much better Schroeder is than Kemba. And I think they're, I think they're more balanced, right? Like, I'd, I'd rather have Horford than Tice. I, I'd rather have Wancho than uh, Thompson or Semi-Ozole. whoever. No can't. Right, no more Cantor. Like they're better. Cantor is back on the team. Oh, that's right. He's not in Portland. Cantor no. sucks. I'm going to go over on Miami. I'm going to go over because uh, Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler don't know how to take it easy. So I'm going to go over. We already talked about Milwaukee. We both have that as a lock. The New York Knicks, forty-one and a half. It's right there. It's ready. It's for the taking. Slight over. Slight over. Do you agree? I see regression here. But regression. I see big, they, I see big regression. Okay. Uh, I think. Is this really Randall? Right. I mean, I do think Fournier helps. I think it's a slight over, but I see big regression here. This is not a four seed. This is like a play in team. The Orlando Magic, 22 and a under. half. Ian, it's under. under. Thank you. Philly, 50 and a half. I don't know what's going to happen under. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Ah, my God. Because I have Miami over. I got Boston under. And I have Atlanta slightly over. But I still think Philly's a top five team in the East. I'm going to take the over. 
because even yeah. if they don't have Ben Simmons on their team, I think they have someone capable. Uh, what did I, what did I say before on the previous podcast with Jokic? Right, if you have an MVP, it's fifty wins. I think they're I think they're fifty wins, so it's an under. And that's an MVP who plays every game, which MB does not. True, true. Washington thirty four and a half. I am going well under. It's not a lock, but I have them around thirty one wins. Under, under, and we need to stop. I mean, his moronic vaccine takes aside. We need to stop pretending that Bradley Beal is in the top two team All NBA group. He isn't. This is not a guy. He flirts with. This is not a guy. No, he doesn't. This is not a guy who can carry a franchise to play. You know, to the playoffs. No. Right. Like, why are we pretending Spencer Dinwiddie is a twenty million dollar player? This is ridiculous. This is an under. I say that because you and I argued about Bradley Beal being on the third team. Uh, Booker All-NBA Booker's way better than Beal. Oh, uh, and again, by the way, the Raptors are a lock over. I was way under. Let's go. So you have the Raptors. Lock. 36 and a half. No Kyle. No Siakam for at least a month. Probably two. No Boucher for six weeks. I'm still taking the over. Scotty Barnes is going to win rookie of the year. Just say so you no. Know. Love it. Okay, Connor, we kept you around for one reason and one reason only. Because we enjoy having your company. Would you like to take a stab at an over and an under in the Eastern Conference? You can ask me if you, for a team. I'll say the over under again. But let's get your lock over and lock under. Come on, buddy. I thought I was sticking around to talk about how McTavish is a god. Oh, I wanted to talk to you about the Ducks, but we didn't have time. I want to, I want to yell about the Leafs. No, but Ian won't let me talk about hockey. I'll make this quick. Washington under, Miami over. Ooh, love it. Perfect. Well, I love you, McTavish. That has been another edition of the From the Stands podcast. Thank you so much, Murph, for coming on. Ian, sign us off, buddy. We got to be better. Like as a whole. And I'm not talking podcasts. This John Gruden stuff this week was like, appalling and we just need to be better as a collective as a whole as a group as a team that was repulsive so let's be better thanks for listening 